0: the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.
1: Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5pm UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits, without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it, so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded. So if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about, to the numbers I say... I mean I'm not going to read it because it's already happened, it's in the past, it's pre-recorded and no one's going to see it anyway. But here's the worst bit, you might still get charged for it depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that. Just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3-5pm to UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh. This is Wizard Radio and you're listening to Alec with a C. Feldman New from the royal family. It's the royal family excuse generator Got plans with a friend that you don't want to follow through on? Done something wrong that you don't want people to find out about? You need the royal family excuse generator We can come up with plausible excuses for all situations to get you off anything You might want to get out of for example done something wrong Want to cover it up? Tell people you are at Pizza Express in Woking. Left unfortunate sweat patches that someone has to get out of clothes? Just tell them, it can't have been you. You can't physically sweat. The Royal Family Excuse Generator. Get it now from all good retailers. just £199.99 plus VAT. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock.
2: Now, live from Leeds, Alec Feldman.
1: Right, that was Lennon Stella kissing other people. And before that, Coldplay, Orphans, which is brilliant. I'm Alec Feldman. Hi, everyone. This is my radio. We're on till 5 o'clock. Hope you all good. Have you had a nice week? I've had quite a nice week. Fairly busy, but quite enjoyable. Have you? Cool. Um, sorry, I didn't really give you time to answer there. Have you? Oh, cool. Lovely. Excellent. Um... I've got today the backdrop of the show. Uh, Someone's mowing the lawn outside the window, so that's good. Uh, They've they've stopped at the minute, but if you hear at any point a kind of noise, um, it's not me making that. That would be the lawnmower, just in case. I know that was a very good lawnmower impression, you can't quite tell the difference, but yeah. Lawnmower is on, so sorry about that. Um, Short of shouting out the window for them to shut up, there's not really much that can be done. So, on the show today, many things we're talking about after about four o'clock starting wars with your friends because I I'm sort of at war with one of my housemates not in like a bad way in like a you know a fun friend war way but also I might have bitten off more than I can chew also talking about surprise parties oh yes there's a very special royal game of fill the blank wonder who that could be about and also a pattern, I think, is starting to emerge with Lewis Capaldi song names. I've got a theory I want to put to you as well. That's about 3.45 for that. Plus, in a minute, I need to tell you about how I am I am now famous officially. It's happened. I'll tell you why within the next 10 minutes, but that's the thing now. So, you know, obviously, I don't want you to treat me any differently, but just know that I am now quite a big deal. Also, six-second guys is on the show. Someone's knock at Your Door is on the show. We'll start that at, like, 10 to 4, 5 to 4 then finish it off before the end of the show. And that's all good. Now it is time for This Week I Learned. This Week I Learned. I have three lessons for you from my life. I've learned them. You don't have to. It's great. You are so welcome. And number one this week, I learned cardboard costumes 100% the way forward. Um, I've mentioned this a few times recently. I've had a disproportionate number of fancy dress events in the last, like, month, which is weird. I've gone through, like, all of uni not really ever having to wear fancy dress for anything, and then within a month, there's been, like, I think three, I think, yeah, three occasions when fancy dress has been, like, warranted. And of those three occasions, twice I've just been a bit lazy and made a costume out of cardboard. There was, uh, The Seven Deadly Sins that I told you about last week when I just wrote The Seven Deadly Sins on a piece of cardboard and wore it around my neck. Last week, once again, I had to wear some fancy dress. It was like a a pub crawl in fancy dress. The theme was cops and robbers. And so, you know, you had loads of people there in, like, jumpsuits and those black and white stripy T-shirts that all convicts wear. You had police outfits. I didn't do any of that. No way. That's way too basic for me. I I had a much better, a much more low effort and much more low expense idea. I was gonna be a cyber criminal. That's right. What does a cyber criminal look like, you ask? It's a good question. My interpretation of what a cyber criminal looks like um, I was wearing black jeans and a black t shirt. So, just kind of all black to blend in with the night, like a real burglar might wear, even though I'm just a computer burglar. But more importantly, I just made a, a cardboard computer, and that, that was to signify that I was a cyber criminal. And I just carried that around all night. I thought it was quite good, to be fair. High attention to detail. I drew a little screen on it. The screen had a program called Hacking, because everybody knows that computer hackers do their hacking on a program called Hacking. That's how it works. And uh, in the middle, there was a big banner that I was designing, obviously, as a computer cyber criminal, saying, Congratulations! You've won a million Chinese renminbi. Just enter your bank details to win your prize. And and that was my costume. It went down so well, you would not believe how well this co- this really low effort costume went down. Everybody wanted to go on my, my fake cardboard laptop. Look at that. So cardboard costumes, they really are the way forward. People actually appreciate them even though they're quite low effort. That's the handy tip. Instead of going down to fancy dress shops and getting like expensive nun costumes or whatever it is, make something out of cardboard, it'll be just as good people will respect the effort even though it's actually not that much effort. Lesson number two this week. I learned the optimal number of people for brunch is two. I'm not a big bruncher. It's not something that's really a particularly significant part of my life. But a friend came to visit me in Leeds last week, and I was like, you know what? Let's go for brunch. Let's be all studenty slash middle-classy and do what every song. That every student seems to do on a Sunday on my Instagram story and go to this like one particular place in Leeds that all the students go to for brunch and obviously because everyone goes there, there was a massive queue but massive groups also attending so if you're just two people you can jump that queue, you can go straight to a table for two everyone else hates you and you're just like ha, well we should have brought less people then so the optimal number is two even though maybe you might want to go with like a large group, uh, a collective brunch You gotta be waiting for ages, no point. Take one other person, you'll be sat immediately. It's a valuable lesson. And one I hope you find quite useful for all your brunching dates in future. And lesson number three, finally. This week I learned there's this really cool, like Roman almost palace type thing, except it's in the UK and it's in a tiny little, not that type, it's in a small town sort of between like Leeds and Manchester called Halifax, like the bank. And it it, you would not believe that it was like in England this thing. It's huge, it's like got four walls, it's got loads of arches. Imagine you know the Colosseum in Rome. Imagine that if it was a bit more low rise and square, but like enormous. It looks like something you would find in in Rome or some other place that like the Romans were in. I know the Romans were in the UK, but they didn't really go in for the cool buildings as much. This place looks incredible, and yet here it is in the UK, just in a little town called Halifax. What's it called? Someone did tell me the name. I'm just amazed that it exists. Um, let me hang on. It's on my phone somewhere. It's called the. Oh, I can't find it. I like too many tweets. It's really far down. The Peace Hall in Halifax, and it's it's so cool could be in any other European city and yet it's just in in the north as well nice I want to go I want to go visit that's something I learned and so travel tips We don't normally do travel tips there you go a travel tip go to the Peace Hall in Halifax if you ever find yourself for whatever reason in Halifax I don't know why you would but there you go that is what we have learned this week cardboard costumes high success rate two people is the optimum for brunch and there's a really cool Roman-esque palace type place and it's in Halifax. Who knew? Coming up: Billie Eilish, Lena Gomez, and now Taylor Swift with Shawn Mendes and Lover. Why was that necessary? Like, Lover by Taylor Swift it was—it was fine. It was all right. It wasn't the greatest thing she's ever done, but it wasn't awful. And then just—just just because she's done a new version, but Shawn Mendes is on it as well. Cool. What's the point? Unnecessary. Do you know what that is? That's just milking a, a cow. Is that the saying? I don't know unnecessary people jumping on songs see also bad guy billy eilish and justin bieber and also that time tove Lo jumped on the years and years song for no obvious reason but anyway there you go taylor swift and sean mendez with lover on wizard radio my name is alec feldman and i'm actually quite a big deal these days i don't know if you know but um yeah i was i was in the daily mail this week yeah me personally by name so i guess that means i'm really famous now Is that how it works i think so there's probably less famous people in the sidebar of shame to be honest and that's that's not really saying much but yeah i was in the actual daily mail and i don't know how i feel about this it was because of the the election debate that was on tuesday night and it was it was on the telly and i was watching it and something happened like the actual thing that happened wasn't that interesting but i did a tweet about it not you know as tweets go not my finest it wasn't bad it was just not that interesting but yet somehow i don't even know how they found it um didn't hashtag it didn't at anyone someone called david Badil, who is quite famous and a comedian and quite funny picked up on this and he like quote tweeted it and all of a sudden like loads of people ended up seeing this not very interesting or entertaining tweet like, the reach on that tweet is ridiculous. I was looking at the number of people that saw it, it was like 30,000? And like 5,000 people somehow engaged with it, like like, retweet, sending me abuse, you know, that kind of stuff. I was just a bit like, whoa, how has this happened? And so kind of Wednesday morning was when this was all unfolding. And I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. And the next thing I know, I've got a message from one of my friends going, you're in the Daily Mail. And sure enough, the Daily Ma- Mail did an article, about this tweet that Dave Baddiel the comedian guy sent which was quoting my tweet do you know what it described me as twitter user Alec Feldman that's right that is my my description my job title my life my everything i am twitter user Alec Feldman and that was in the actual daily mail i don't really know how i feel about that generally is this a dangerous thing to say now they know who i am generally i quite despise the daily mail for what it is i think it's you know quite horrible and yet I was in it without I mean they couldn't really have asked me because you know public domain and all that but I was in it this this it's really quite hateful newspaper described me as Twitter user Alec Feldman which to be fair they describe a lot of other people as much worse things I will take Twitter user from the Daily Mail it's not bad the thing I'm most disappointed about is mainly the fact that the tweet of mine that goes further than any other I've ever done and I work hard on that Twitter. I've been grafting on that for like five years to make it relatively entertaining. The only tweet that ever does any kind of numbers is one that's not very good. Life is unfair, life sucks, and, and now I'm in the Daily Mail. So please treat me with additional respect from now on in recognition of the fact that I was in Britain's most hateful newspaper. Coming up next... Chatting about surprise parties. First though, Billy Eilish. This is everything I wanted. It's new and it's quite good. Billy Eilish and everything I wanted. This is Wizard Radio. And I'm Ali. Hi everyone. I don't think I've ever been as on edge about something as I was last night. I don't like I don't like being trusted with information. As a general rule, because I'm not bad at secrets, but equally, if it's something I can get by without knowing, I'm much more happy not knowing it. Because then There's not the stress of, like, accidentally telling people things. Never have I been as stressed about something in that kind of area as last night. Because I went to a surprise party last night. And there's so much scope for surprise parties to go wrong. This is, like, a standard classic comedy trope here. They're like, oh, no, I've accidentally ruined the surprise party. And yet it's something that's so easy to do. And it was really properly stressing me out. Because ordinarily if you're not going to see the person whose surprise party it is then it's a lot easier just to not acknowledge the fact that it's happening you'd have to go out of your way to message them and be like hey looking forward to your surprise party tonight and you know you're not going to do that because that's really stupid but when you're you're seeing the person whose surprise party it is on the day of their surprise party and they don't know that their surprise party is happening then things become very difficult and you're you're really on edge and everything you say you're like, wait, does this contain any clues about the fact that it's their surprise party tonight? And things become very, very difficult, um, especially when they ask you questions such as, so, what are you up to tonight? And you have to go, eh, what am I up to tonight? Definitely not your surprise party. That's that's what I'm not up to tonight. <laughs> Can you imagine? And it's so difficult. And I, the whole time I'm just terrified. I, I'd blow it. I'd ruin it. Everyone would be really angry at me totally ruining the surprise party. And as it happened, I didn't. On this occasion, it was good. I, I never have blown a surprise party before. But it's definitely something I could see myself doing. You know, I think just work. You're like, yeah, if anyone's gonna do it, it'll be him. That's how I felt about myself. And it was, it was a stressful time for me, a really difficult time. But we got through it, surprise party happened. It was a tremendous success, including an addition that was mainly my idea, which I do need to tell you about after 4 o'clock today. That's coming up later, but for now, I would like to know whether you have ever ruined a surprise party, or whether you have ever had one ruined for you. Was it your surprise party, and someone told you it was happening before it happened, that oh, us spoiling it? Is there ever such a thing as a genuine surprise party? or is there just a surprise party that you knew about but then had to pretend not to know about? These are all the questions I want to know. Have you ever ruined one? Have you ever had one ruined all year? And at what point did you realize that a surprise party was being held in your honor? All the big questions on Saturday afternoon on Wizard Radio. Uh, 07807 183 538 is my phone number. So if you send me a text, if you've got a story on this topic, send it to me you can send me an email station at wizardradio.co.uk or get us on facebook facebook facebook.com send us a message on there and i will see it have you ever ruined a surprise party have you ever had a surprise party ruined for you and in general if you are the the victim slash guest of honor at a surprise party how do you know at what point do you twig is it really a genuine surprise this is what i would like to know so do get in touch um, we'll hear some messages in a bit after Youngblood, and right now, Selena Gomez, this is look at her now. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Please consume responsibly. I really like Youngblood. I think he's a really funny person, and his tunes are good, too. That was original me with Dan Reynolds, a.k.a. Dan from Imagine Dragons. Didn't know there was a Dan in Imagine Dragons? No, me neither. Before that, Selena Gomez, look at her now. I'm Alec. This is my radio show. You're all very welcome to it. Welcome, 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 one and all. We're discussing surprise parties because I went to one last night, and I was scared all afternoon yesterday that I would blow it for the person whose surprise party it was, who I had to see, and be like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything tonight. Really, just just chilling at home, and desperately trying not to reveal the surprise, which was their surprise party. It was hard, it was so hard. Got a message here from um from Sarah. I'm sad to say." that I've accidentally ruined a surprise party. Oh, Sarah. Literally, I've been so tense about it and tried so hard not to ruin it, but I'm awful at keeping secrets. And I was sat in the lunch with my friend, whose surprise party was happening that weekend, and a load of our friends, and I was being really self-conscious. And my friend, whose birthday it was, realized that I was acting really strangely. So asked me what was wrong. And I literally screamed, "We're holding a surprise party for you this weekend!" All of my other friends were so annoyed with me, but my friend just started laughing. They still hold it against me. Come on, Sarah, you—you you didn't even like hold out at all. that you just cracked. The tiniest bit of pressure was applied, and you just—you just cracked. You couldn't hack it anymore. You, you didn't need to do that. The big reveal. You could have got away with just being like. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm I'm not not feeling very well today there were so many excuses you could have come up with instead of just going blurting it out straight away we're having a surprise party for you this weekend that was not what you needed to do in that situation (laughs) but it's quite funny that you did you'd never become a criminal Sarah because you would you would crack at the first sign of interrogation you'd admit to crimes they didn't even know you were planning literally that's that's how I think you'd be as a criminal or like at border patrol or you know like when you're going into a country never try and take something in that you're not supposed to be taking in because once again they'd be like have you got anything you're not supposed to have in your bag And you'd be like yeah I'm smuggling some apples in and also I shoplifted once when I was nine I stole a bar of Twix and also um, I accidentally hid my my sister's Barbie all sorts you just confess to it all so yeah just, Stick on the right side of the law because I don't think you'd be a very good criminal at all. Jess has been on as well. I ruined a surprise party for my best friend once in the most stupid way. The plan was that I was going out for dinner with her for a birthday. And then afterwards, I'd drive back to my house and everyone would be there. But at dinner, I thought I'd tell her to be nice because if it was me, I'd want to know if I was going to be surprised. Um, anyway, my friend was so annoyed at me for spoiling the surprise and started calling me a bad friend at her own birthday dinner. So when we arrived at my house, not just did she only know the surprise, but she's in a really bad mood with me. Not a good vibe. I'm slightly struggling to understand what's gone on there. So, oh, okay, it, yeah, this revolves around the sentence I thought I'd tell her to be nice. I misunderstood that. I thought you, you, Jess, were telling friend, be nice. But actually, you Jess were telling friend that there was going to be a surprise party so that you Jess could be nice. I understand that. Yeah, I don't see why that was necessary. You know, I'm not going to hate you in the same way that your friend did. But also, if you go to the lengths of organizing a surprise party, surely you're doing that purely for the big moment where they like come into the room and everyone jumps out and they're like, SURPRISE! Because otherwise, what's it all for? After that point, it just becomes a party that they didn't know was happening earlier. So the only difference between a surprise party and a normal party is the first five minutes when you go surprise, and they're like, "Oh my god, what are you all doing here? I didn't realise. I had no idea." And you you took away that moment, thus just making it a normal party. Yeah, I don't fully understand the thought process there, Jess, but but fair enough. Mikey sent a message. I've had my own surprise party ruined for me before. Yes, I did ask for messages about that. This as well. One of my friends who was involved with it yeah. told me the day before that they were going to surprise me at my house after school and my mum was involved in it, etc. Um, oh, hang on, I've lost it. There it is. You know what? I was so happy that I knew. Interesting, because my friend knew that I hate surprises and I was so anxious the night before about it, but I put on a really good and really rehearsed surprised face. I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't. Um, I hadn't let me scroll down if I hadn't known I'd probably have just frozen on the spot okay maybe maybe now having read that message from Mikey I understand um Jess's message slightly better when she pre-warned the friend about the surprise party because before I was like why would you do that what's the point I I hadn't considered that actually if you genuinely do hate surprises and would find it very traumatic and stressful then you might want to know but equally they might not be the best person to throw a surprise party for in the first place just a thought, who knows. I suppose that sounds, that sounds quite nice. If you can pretend to be surprised, then that's the best option. Vic's been on as well. I don't think there's ever a, a genuine surprise party. A lot of my friends were organizing a surprise party for me last year for my birthday, but I figured it out so quickly. I started to try and make fun for my birthday and all of a sudden, that was like the only day of the month that all of my friends were busy on the same day. So I busted them so quickly, and then we just had a normal party, which was so much more fun. Yeah, this does feed in somewhat to what I thought, which is that you can never have a true surprise. I don't, like like I said, the one I was at last night, I don't know whether they were genuinely surprised or just surprised to be nice. But it, Vic's situation does seem like the most common one at least in my opinion they will they'll sync some things up and kind of maybe go Ooh, what if they are organizing a surprise party but equally you might have that and then your birthday comes and goes and there is no surprise party and it turns out your friends are just doing stuff without you and that would be kind of sad and that's the note i think we should move on really coming up next lewis capaldi i'm gonna play him but also i've noticed something a pattern that might be emerging with the names of his songs so let's listen to Before You Go and then we'll have a chat about that. It's Wizard Radio. Lewis Capaldi and Before You Go. This is Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. Lewis Capaldi, that's a new song he's done. I've started to wonder whether he's being a bit uncreative with his song names. I just feel like he always has some kind of time frame in in the title. It's, it's Before You Go. It's Hold Me While You Wait. They all feel... They're kind of instructions, aren't they? He's like telling telling someone to do something. He loves an imperative verb. He loves a, a time phrase before, whilst, during, after. I think there's probably some kind of a formula. I haven't worked out the precise formula yet, but I think it can be done by which Lewis Capaldi manages to write the names of his songs. There's like a magic formula. Maybe he has three hats and he just pulls different words out of each hat. And that's how he decides what he's gonna call his songs. So he's got, you know, like five is like bracket sort of bracket of what am I about? He's like rifling around in hat number one. He pulls out a bit of paper and he's like Hold me. And he looks in hat number two and it's like whilst and then goes into hat number three, has a rummage around, pulls out a bit of paper that says you wait. Hold me whilst you wait. And that's how he names the songs. Possibly. i c don't think we can rule this out at this point to work out this formula and i have a few suggestions of things things basically might have done to get hold of like songs it could be like an action or an instruction followed by a time phrase followed by a verb that's that fits hold me while you wait not quite before you go that's only like the second part but if we are to take this um theory and extrapolate it somewhat we could have you know, a day-to-day excuse that people use quite a lot. They're just like, oh, I only saw your message afterwards. That could be a Lewis Capaldi song title. It kind of fits. I only saw your message. That's like the, the doing word afterwards, the time phrase. I think he could quite easily write a song about that. Another one, say you're making plans with a friend. You're like, oh, if you are going to the cinema, you're like, oh, do you want to eat before? Do you want to eat after? Maybe it's an evening film. I bring you, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone else, Louis Capaldi with let's have dinner beforehand again it fits the general pattern i think of his song titles you can can make them a bit longer another instruction time duration combo we've got let me just look at that for you whilst you're in the toilet again could be a capaldi song maybe maybe not as emotional as a lot of his other songs but it fits the pattern of the names right or um my personal favorite instead of hold me while you wait you could have i'll just keep the engine running whilst you jump out all fitting i think the general the general formula the pattern that lewis capaldi goes with when naming his songs this is either not at all scientifically valid or quite an important breakthrough i i don't know which yet we can work it out so i think i think i've sussed him capaldi i'm on to you you need some new hats with some new words in because your current name generator not going to work anymore. Coming up next, someone is going to be knocking at the door.
2: Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's
1: ringing the bell. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another exciting game of someone's knocking at your door. This is where everyone has to like cheer and clap. So I know you're probably listening by yourself, but do that anyway good thank you very much thank you thank you oh you're too kind you're too kind so this is the only game show on the radio that involves doors and the only for game show on radio that is based around the advert to the postcode lottery i'm alec feldman and i am your host i will be taking you through the game show and finding out who it is that is knocking at the door this week all you have to do is guess who's knocking and if you guess correctly we can let them in and have a chat with them and if nobody guesses then we'll send them away and tell them never to ever come back here ever again so let's get on with it shall we, ah. just just in time someone is knocking at the door what what a coincidence, it's funny that it always happens at this time every week isn't it but very useful for me and this game so I'm gonna go up to the front door, I'm just gonna take a look through the little peephole, uh, ah, what an interesting guest Okay, yeah, I know who it is now. I recognize them. I, I see who it is. but that's not good enough. You have to work out who it is that's knocking at the door. You get five yes or no questions to do that. And those questions are asked through through the medium of James Gilmore. Hello.
2: Oh How are Hi. you? I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: Very good, very good. Excited for the person that's knocking at the door this week.
2: That's good. Okay, so we know it's a person. One clue already given away. It is a person, not an animal. Okay. Is this person a man? No. So it's a woman. Interesting. Okay. Is this woman famous? Yes. Interesting. So it's a famous woman. Is this woman... Um a musician um no okay so not a musician but you hesitated interesting i don't actually know much about them okay um are they much older than you and i
1: yes they're older
2: i didn't say older i said much older. oh actually yeah they're much older
1: can you be more specific can you be more specific
2: more than double our age yes more than okay my final question would our parents mm-hmm. know this woman or who she is definitely not oh not know her all right so we know that she's a fit a famous female person who's not a musician more than double our age but our parents would definitely not know her um yeah all right i've got an idea as to who it might be
1: i think people are going to struggle this week i'm wondering i'm questioning whether i should give some kind of extra clue can i ask an extra clue
2: yes is she a social media viral sensation
1: Oh no. I mean, yes. I'm worried yeah. you might be onto us already. Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh, I think I know who she
1: is. Okay. Interesting. I'm interested to find out. But who do you think it is? Not you James, everyone else who is listening at home or wherever they're up to. Who is knocking at the door this week? Let me know your guesses on 07807 183 538. You can tweet me at wizradio. You can send an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk. Uh, and is there any other ones? Instagram, I guess, at WizRadio, Facebook com slash radio. All of those. Many, many ways you can get your guesses in for someone's knocking at your door this week. A woman, who, well, not a, not a man, who is famous, they're not a musician, they're more than double our age, definitely wouldn't be known by your parents. And, um, they're an internet viral sensation, was your bonus clue. Who do you think it is? Get your messages in now, and we'll find out who's knocking at the door at 10 to 5 this afternoon. Still to come before then. Lots of things, including music from Ray and Dua Lipa. And right now, the latest news has just come 4 o'clock. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Wizard Radio playing J-Hus and must be, it's Alec Feldman here. Talking about um, uh, half an hour ago about the surprise party that I ended up at last night. Which was very exciting. I was scared of blowing surprise. I didn't. It was all good. I did have an idea, me and another one of my friends who were going, were like, what if we make this proper old school kids party vibes? Talking like party games, I was throwing a few suggestions out there like, pin pin the tail on the donkey, duck duck goose, all that kind of stuff, and I was like, I know, I've got it. What if, instead of doing all those things, we play pass the parcel, when was the last time?" you've ever played Past the Parcel. I would imagine it's probably quite a long time ago. Me, it was last night. We were bringing it back. It's one of the greatest things I've ever done. One of my proudest achievements, actually, to get a room of about 20, 21-year-olds playing Past the Parcel. I just thought it was, it was a glorious moment in my life. Everyone got fully into it. They were like fully invested. There were no cheaters. There were no people who were holding onto the parcel for too long they were go, ugh, this is stupid, I'm not bothering with this. Everybody fully pressed the Pass the Parcel action. And I think I delivered, because obviously to make Pass the Parcel, which I did, you need prizes, right? You can't have Pass the Parcel without prizes. And the prizes on offer on this Pass the Parcel, I think, were some of the greatest Pass the Parcel prizes of all time. The greatest par- prizes anyone has ever won at a party. I'm very proud of that fact. It was, I think, six layers kind of deep, which is a bit sad because obviously there were more than six people at this party and so not everybody could win a prize. But you know what, we're, we're all grown-ups now. Maybe when it's somebody's fourth birthday party, it's sad that not everybody gets a go at winning past the parcel. But you know, we're older now, we're wiser, we know it's a cruel world out there and you just gotta, just gotta go on with it. And the prizes in the order they came in on this past the parcel. Do you want to know what I put in? They were, they were great. The first person, they got to win a 30% off your first Acado delivery voucher. I was just looking through my room for all the kind of rubbish that I didn't need or want. And I found this voucher that must have come out of like an Amazon delivery or something. So that was the first prize, 30% off your first acardo order followed by another voucher that I had lying around 20% off St. John's Beacon, which is a very tall tower in Liverpool that you can go up and visit and you can see all the sites. I think it's like a fiver to go up there. But with this voucher, it could have been £4 because you get 20% off. Oh, yes. All the money can't buy prizes on my game of the Parcel. Followed by, in the next layer, when the music stopped the next time, one of those things that you have at parties that you can blow and be like, I don't know if they have a name, you know, the ones that like they unroll and then roll back up again. I've never found out what they're called, but there were two of those, a blue one and the green one. That was the next layer of the, the parcel. Followed by a teeny tiny little hat, which I think is designed for eggs or something like that. Apparently came off a bottle of innocent smoothie, but would definitely fit an egg. Followed by um, a couple of, of things that... One might want to use uh, as birth control mechanisms. That was in there. Followed by one of those cool little things you can stick on the back of your phone to help you grip it. It was a one branded by the bus company for Leeds that was like on the back and you could stick that to back of your phone. That was the next prize. But the grand prize, the big one, the one right in the middle, the lucky person who won this round of pass the parcel at someone's surprise 21st birthday. A bottle of soap, these prizes, money can't buy it, I mean the soap was like 99p, but money can't buy prizes, all in my game of Pass the Parcel, never have I been happier than watching these people pass package around, not knowing what kind of tap was inside, it was a great moment in my life. Next, starting wars with your friend, friends that you're able to finish. First though, Fletcher, this is one too many at Wizard Radio, Fletcher and one too many on Wizard Radio with Alec Feldman, hi everyone. I've started a war I'm not sure I can finish it I'm, I'm slightly concerned this was one of my housemates it's not you know the violent kind of war necessarily it's more the kind of war where you just try and wind each other up until one of you eventually is like enough enough I can't take it anymore now I don't want to be that person but equally I don't really see where I can go from here have any of you seen The advert that comes on the telly around this time of year, every year, about antibiotic resistance. The song, the one that sounds like this.
2: Antibiotics, we're wonderful pills, but don't ever think we'll cure all of your ills. So every time you feel a bit under the weather, don't always think that we can make you better. Take us for the wrong thing, that's dangerous to do. When you really need us, we can stop working for you. So please don't end up paying the price. Always take your doctor's advice.
1: So that that song, which is a banger by the way, I am slightly obsessed with this so much so that I introduced this to my housemates. I was like, Hey, listen to this! How great is this? And from then on, if ever we were like listening to music on a Bluetooth speaker. I'd, I'd go upstairs and be like, oh, I uh, just need to go to the toilet. And I'd go upstairs and then connect the speaker and then play that and then would will be like, oh, for goodness sake, really? And this has happened a few times now and it's escalated somewhat. And I wasn't expecting the escalation, but I think it has now been escalated to a war. I don't really know how to respond to the war. Picture the scene. It's late, kind of half midnight, something like that. I'm getting all tucked up in bed, ready for a night's sleep. I've got a podcast on coming out through my speaker. All of a sudden, the podcast stops. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Why is it just stopped like that midway through? And then, blasting out of the speaker at an ear-shattering volume, is this
2: antibiotics we're wonderful pills but don't ever think we'll cure all of your ills so every time you feel a try bed,
1: trying to get to the, relax and all of a sudden being screamed so at maximum volume by the, bed, by, the bed, by the antibiotics song and i could just hear day day from day the room next door day. to me one of my other housemates going oh my really oh, oh, god so go really annoyed and, no and i'm just sat there the like price. i mean this is kind of annoying, but also brilliant. Fair play, well done. One of the guys upstairs had, had put it on. I was quite impressed that it it occurred to them to do that. But now what? We're at war. How how can I finish this war? I don't know. I want some some advice, please. Have you ever started a war with your friends that you can't finish, or that you could finish, and how you managed to finish it? I want advice, but also just stories about wars with your mates i don't know, prank wars that kind of thing that just they haven't ended well someone has left with their honor damaged someone has left victorious how how has that happened this is what i want to know 07807 183 538 you can text me on that number also you can send us an email station at wizardradio.co.uk i will see that have you ever started a war with your friends that you can't finish or what have you done as the next step what should i do as the next step in this antibiotics advert war all advice and stories appreciated please in the meantime i'm going to play some french montana and i've done a lot of research i've been at the library quite a lot this week so i went into the library i looked at the section on books about french montana done lots of reading and i found out facts some real life true facts and i'm presenting them to you in a 60 second guide Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made-up 60-second guide. Back when Hannah Montana was on the Disney Channel and really popular, Disney wanted to export it to every major market in the world. Canada, India, Brazil, Germany, the UK, France. Unfortunately, French law means that only a certain proportion of TV can be American imports, and the limit had already been reached. So to get around this, Disney had to remake a version in the French language, specifically for the French audience, called French Montana. Hannah was renamed Anel. All of her adventures took place in Paris, and Disney producers were also conscious of the need to adapt the music to suit the local audiences. Instead of the generic feel-good pop of the American show, Anel Montana was uh, to be a, a secret hip-hop star. Hence, French Montana's heavier sound compared to Hannah Montana. The French remake was a huge success. Everyone in France knew the lyrics to Unforgettable, even adults who'd never seen the show. Love the song. French Montana's popularity peaked when a referendum was held to replace the French national anthem with Unforgettable by French Montana, which was rejected 44 to 56. And that's French Montana in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio, Saturdays three till five. This is Wizard Radio. It's Alec here. Before that, played you French Montana and Writing on the Wall. That's Post Malone to be on that as well. We're talking about starting wars with your friends. I'm at war with one of my housemates. He keeps playing me the anthem antibiotic song i kind of started it by playing it at any given opportunity he now plays it through my speaker by hijacking it when i'm trying to go to sleep this could get messy i don't know what the next step is at the moment hopefully i'll have a slightly better idea once i've read some of your messages like this one from georgia i'm in a cheese war with one of my best friends basically i absolutely hate cheese don't hate it very much but i find honest I don't hate very much, but I find cheese physically gross. For some reason, one of my friends thinks it's funny to put cheese on to try and gross me out. One day, I was at the lunch hall, and our lunch hall sells slices of cheese for some strange reason. My friend literally threw a slice of cheese across the lunch hall, and it landed on my face. It was so gross, I needed to wash it afterwards. It's still ongoing, and I hate it. So much to unpack there, where do we start? A cheese war. I love the idea of a cheese war. We've had, uh, you know, we have had opium wars in like the 18th century. We've had, uh, I don't know, trade wars, all sorts of wars. Now we're moving on to cheese wars between Georgia and her best friend. Quite impressed that from the other side of the lunch hall, Georgia's friend managed to throw a slice of cheese vaguely in Georgia's direction and it landed on her face. That is a really good shot. I'm so impressed with that. <laughs> well done well done George's friend for having such a good aim but also um, that, is, that is quite funny that <laughs> she's just cheesing all of your possessions I remember this happened on my the expedition actually someone was fuming because someone else had left loads of grated cheese like inside their tent if that was you George I do not want to think about what you would have done you would have been furious you would have been next level angry uh, also Benny's been on as per usual thanks for the continued support, Benny. As the next step, Alec, I think you need to wait until your friend has a really big moment. Like, they brought a girl around to your house, or they're trying to study really hard for a test. I'm not sure those two things are on the same level, but anyway, says Benny. Yeah, good point. Then, what he says I should do is hire a Mexican mariachi band to perform the advert live. That would be so funny, and I really can't think of any way your friend could beat you on that. You're, you're so right. That is the kind of thing just you can't top it that would be a war ender as a move but equally i would imagine i've never looked into it i'd imagine hiring a mexican mariachi band would be quite expensive and i can't imagine they'd be all that happy and i said to them yeah listen don't do any of the mexican mariachi songs you want to do can you just do do this one can you make it sound more mariachi and then i give them the lyrics to antibiotics they're wonderful pills It would sound quite good with some, like, Spanish guitar and all that, but I I don't know if it would work. I just don't have the money for it. Great idea, though, Betty. Thank you. Got a message from Will as well. This isn't a war so much as it's a dare. For the past year, my best friend and I decided to hide one rude word in one piece of homework every week to see if our teachers would notice. The challenge comes from the fact that, A, some of our teachers actually do read our homework, so would notice, and B, There are no words in maths homework, so you just have to write it really small on the page. We've only been found out once. His history teacher spotted the F word in his essay. But I've done it four times now. No teacher has ever pulled me up on it, even in my English essay. That's genius. That's so funny. I love that so, so much. Because, yeah, it it just kind of proves that they're not actually reading anything you're writing. Which is kind of not what you want to hear from your teachers I especially like the fact that you're just having to sneak it in in really tidy letters in your maths homework where do you do it just like bottom of the page in the margin I've had an idea what you've got to do next time Will if it's algebra just use the letters that would make up a rude word just sort of scatter them across the page but in a way that like it's obvious If, if it's obvious if you look for it what you're doing if you have like four questions one underneath the other and you put a four letter swear word each letter that's the algebra sort of letter you use, that would be quite a good idea. I think that game is a brilliant game. I don't know why I've never heard of that game before because it's so good. A genius game. These are all handy. Um, Not so much the swearing game, well that was funny. Or actually the mariachi band because that's totally unachievable. And also um, I like the cheese war, but equally not necessarily applicable. So all in all, excellent messages. But I still don't know how I can continue my antibiotic to with my house, but I'll have, have to get back to the drawing board, but you know, you know if there are any more developments, you will hear about them. You'll hear them here first. I will keep you up to date, don't you worry. Coming up next on Wizard Radio, someone is knocking at the door, but who is it? We'll find out after Heidi Kiyoko and L.O.V.E. me. Someone's
2: knocking at the door, somebody's ringing the bell.
1: Welcome back to Someone's Knocking at Your Door on Wizard Radio. It is the quiz that we do at this time every week. The only quiz that involves doors, that involves an obscure song by, I think it's Paul McCartney, and that involves the advert to the People's Postcode Lottery. That is what we do on this show. That is the Wizard Radio difference. And this week, the person that was knocking at the door, we know that they're not a man. We know that they're famous, but not for being a musician. They're more than double our age, which can mean whatever you want it to really, but it means they're at least older than, I suppose, James's age, which I think is 21 or 22, so they're no younger than 42, 44. Yeah, see, quick maths. They're someone that definitely wouldn't be known by our parents, though, even though they're a bit older. And I gave you a bonus tree because I thought you might need it this week. They are a viral sensation on the internet. Guesses we've got in, we've got some varied ones this week, we've got some wrong ones as per usual. Have we got a right one? Find out soon. Martha, first up, is Christine Blakely, now known as Christine Lampard, knocking at your door? She's a famous woman who isn't a musician, I think she's probably double our age, and as I discovered over dinner last night, my parents don't know who she is. I didn't really expect um, my dad to know who she was, but my mum is key loose women territory and doesn't know her. I don't know if she's a social media viral sensation, but I guess it's plausible. Where did that come from? Of all the people you could have guessed, who are sort of middle-aged women, you went for Christine Blakely. Okay. I don't fully understand where your mind goes. I, I don't think she is a internet viral sensation as far as I know. I didn't really think she'd been up to anything since, like, Daybreak and The One Show. but Is she on Loose Women? Maybe. I don't know. It's not Christine Blakely knocking at the door. I'm slightly baffled by the fact that what I assume to be a slightly obscure like daytime TV presenter is in the running this week, but I like it. I like the thought process. Unfortunately, you are incorrect though. But thanks for playing anyway, Martha. Next up, Ben says, The only person I can think of knocking at your door is Grime Gran. She's a famous woman who isn't a musician. It's definitely more than double her age. There's no way I'll pounce with Noah because she's famous on Instagram and she's a social media viral sensation and she literally ticks all of the boxes and then is pleaded with me, please can I get it right just this once. No, not today, <laughs> not today. It does tick all the boxes but it's not the person I was thinking of, unfortunately. It's not Grime Grand. but again, watertight logic, just, you got unlucky this time. But keep playing. One day, one day you will get someone's like at your door, right? Louise says, is Chris Jenner knocking at your door? I've been thinking about her a lot lately because Caitlin's on our Mr. Leb. She's famous. She's definitely not a musician. She's a woman. She's more than double her age. Our parents wouldn't know her, or at least mine don't. And She's a viral sensation. Literally the definition of a viral sensation. She basically invented the phrase, social media sensation. Did she? If any members of that family were um, sort of viral sensations, I'd say it's more... Who was the one that did the, the rise and shine? Was that Kylie Jenner? I don't really know my Jenner's. Whoever did rise and shine, she I think is a better viral sensation than Chris Jenner, who um, I, I don't really know what she is other than a member of that kind of extended family. Uh, but no, Chris Jenner, not knocking at the door I'm afraid. A nice guess, but no. She has not paid me a visit on this occasion. And, um... Oh, interesting. We have one more. And this is this is really out there one. I don't think this person fully expects to get it right. It says, this feels like a long shot because it took me ages to work it out. So I don't think Alec would choose this one. But is the woman... Is it the woman? From the woman yelling at a cat meme. I looked it up. The woman is Taylor Armstrong from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hill. She's famous, she's not a musician, she's more than double her age. Our parents wouldn't know her, and she's a social media meme though, so it could be. That message is from Maddie. Maddie sounding very unconfident in her guess that it's the woman yelling at a cat meme. And yet, somehow, she's correct. Who would have guessed it? Maddie would have guessed it. Well done, Maddie. The person knocking at the door this week is the woman, she's called Taylor Armstrong, she is 48 years old, she's the real housewife of Beverly Hills, and you might recognise her from being that woman, screaming at the cat, in the meme, sort of tears in her eyes, the cat's just sitting there like, yeah, cool, what's going on, and she's knocking at my door right now, so let's open up that door, the door is open, she can come on in. Come in, come in, come in. Taylor, welcome, welcome. Make yourself comfortable. So, what was it like screaming at the, oh my gosh, is that the time? Oh, oh no. We haven't got time to talk to I'm really sorry, thanks for coming by. I'll make you a cup of tea or something, but we we do have to go now. I can't have a chat with the woman yelling at a cat, from the woman yelling at a cat, I'm so sorry about this. Just just not enough time. But thanks very much for playing Someone's Look at Your Daughter if you played. Well done to Maddie. you win absolutely nothing but thank you for playing and well done for getting it right. The show, I think, is now done. We can bring it to a close. All that is left to say is the following. You can get the podcast from lots of places where you like to get podcasts. It will be on there. Alec Feldman, the podcast, is where you'll find it. Back on Friday at 3 or 4 Weeks of Mixtape and obviously, same time, same place next week for the show on Saturday. Mars Mikulski is up next. Here's Ariana Grande. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.